The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. It's Tuesday. It's Fantasy NBA Today. I'm Dan Bespris, and it's a hoop ball presentation. That's the shortest opening we could have possibly done because I wanted to blitz into our guest for today. I told you about him on yesterday's show. It's been too damn long. And honestly, he's been working on some other very large projects. We'll talk about those with him as well. You can follow me, by the way, on Twitter, at Dan Bespris, and we have plenty to talk about today. More injuries on Monday night because, you know, that's just what's freaking happening in the NBA right now. We got eight games to recap. We've got a Tuesday to look forward to. We got seven games on the docket tonight. But other things take precedence right now. It's been so long. It's been so long. He's back. And I don't know what to do other than to yell, Who ballers? Who ballers? <laughs> what what up? What up, man? How are you doing? It's the great Josh Millman at Josh Millman on Twitter, one of the hosts of our fantastic betting podcast today in sports betting, but also still a fantasy enthusiast. You got it all, man. You can do everything. You're a jack of all trades. Don't say a master of none. I know how that expression goes. What's no, what, I what's I got like the inspector gadget thing going on. Like I'm pulling like random rabbits and helicopters out of my hat for for this entire season, basically. Go, go, Millman helicopter head. Yes, I love it. Thank you. I knew you would get that. I knew it. Of course. Uh, that was, um, oh, Jews. Uh, what would, What was the uh, Don Don Adams? Oh, now you're killing me. Am I getting Don that wrong? Adams? I don't know. Like, I, don't know. I just knew the cartoon. I, and I was watching like Scooby-Doo with my kid, and like, Gab- Inspector Gadget came into my head. I don't know, man. We're we're old. Who played just... Who played Maxwell Smart in the original Get Smart? Because he also did the voice of Inspector Gadget. I'm gonna quickly Google this. This Some... was was it Don Adams? Ah! Did I get it right? I don't know. I can't. I don't see it. Oh. Don Adams? No, I don't know. All right, M- missed it we're, by we're, that we're much. killing him already. So just pre- just pretend. Yes, he was. He was. He was. He was. There you go. Yeah, he's like, yes. no, never fear, yes. Penny. And then he has yes. something fly out of his, you know what? Yes, uh, yes, yes. So we're off and Penny. running here. Oh my god! Almost, almost forty-year-old men doing a podcast together. This is what's about to happen. <laughs> Happy Scissor Day, by the way. It's been a bit. Oh man! Happy Scissor Day, hoopballers. <laughs> yes, gotta... it has been. It's been way too long. I'm sorry, hoopballers. I know you miss me terribly. They should. It's, uh, yes. The, the Today in sports betting has has taken up a lot of time. I'm not going to lie. Well, you it, guys but it's been a lot great. of fun. Yeah, you guys it, are it, absolutely crushing it, man. That that Twitter feed is I already up near 750 followers. You guys have all this stuff going every day. The podcast is Monday through Friday. I hope people, I mean, I've tried to promo it here on the show, but with you on, it makes a lot more sense to do it. You guys are cranking out a Monday to Friday, sometimes the guys go nuts and do a Saturday show podcast that just breaks down all the betting action beyond just the NBA too, which I realize me telling this to fantasy NBA listeners probably doesn't help much, but you guys covered, didn't you cover WWE one weekend? We covered, we covered WWE. We covered XFL. We cover NFL college hoops. We're going to get it. We, 
Ira's huge into hockey. Uh, Devin's a big college hoops guy. The tournament's coming. Like we we've got everything. We we cover it all. And it sounds and like I, your your Monday. It sounds like your Monday went well. I I I haven't followed everything, but I see people tweeting at Hoopball Gaming saying that you guys are hitting all your picks. Oh yeah yeah. So oh, yeah, we we crushed the first half in a lot of the games today. Like I, I'm telling you guys. Like for I'll I'll plug the show obviously, but today in sports betting, guys, if if you love fantasy and you love betting, just check it out, and not even just for my sake, because Ira and Devin are incredible, like absolutely incredible. Not even just like degenerate, like oh we like to gamble, incredible. <laughs> they know they know everything, everything. They are they're not just like gamble for the sake of gamble, guys. They are brain surgeon gamblers. They look at every angle, every piece of data. They analyze this and we package it into a podcast for you and a Twitter feed. And the way that those guys can hit is just unfathomable to me. And it's been a fantastic run. I'm reminded, by the way, when I listen to some of these episodes, because Ira does hockey, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. And there's an old joke where two two guys are sitting in a sports book, and one of them's talking to the other, and he says, "You know, I, I like I I I made six baseball bets today. I researched them. I lost them all. I I spent six hours this morning. I was I researched every NBA game. I bet them all. I bet all three. I lost them all." And then I put two wagers this weekend on football, and I lost those two. And his friend says, "I got Did you bet any hockey?" And he goes, "What the? Do I know about hockey?" <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I have heard. That. You heard that? And yeah. um, the the amazing thing is, is that Ira knows hockey. Yeah, he knows hockey. Ira yes. knows hockey. It's incredible. <laughs> like I haven't watched hockey since I was a teenager, and he's like, "Well, this goalie stinks," and you know, his GAA is like, you know, like four something over the past however many. I'm like. Holy Moses, dude! Like, do you rest? No, like, do, no, and it's insane. It's 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 crazy. And those guys are brilliant. We love doing it. It's been it's really been a lot of fun. And I, again, Ira and Devin have been absolutely crushing it. Josh crushing and Neil it. also, by the way, you and you and Neil Rochlani also Neil, yeah, part of the mix. Neil and I, yeah. Um, I want to also mention just from a betting standpoint, and then we'll get into the fantasy stuff here. It's actually really a good. It's a it's a really wise strategy to get in and find angles on games that aren't bet as heavily. The lines tend to be softer if there isn't as much money on the game. They're just that's the way it works. There's openings, uh, and so you guys are able to capitalize on those because you're you're covering everything. There's I think, I, yeah, it, if, it's that and it's like you're right. It's just we look for different angles on games. Yeah, we start and we'll kind of say here's what the game line is and here's what the over under is. But then we'll go into an angle and say, look, you know what? Maybe we don't bet the whole game. But like, like in a case like, you know, today, Monday night, we were hammering first quarter, first half lines because the spreads were so big in a lot of games. And in certain cases, we we're saying, well, we don't really understand how these can happen. Like, guys, you know, we, we want to see teams get off to a fast start. They're they're better off. In, in covering in first quarter, first half situations. Case in point was like the, the Bucks-Wizards game. The Bucks were like, I think we're like a 13 and a half point favorite. But, you know, we said, no, like that, that, that's, that's a game where, you know, we shouldn't be 
afraid of the line because the Bucks are great, but this is a game that can like the score can get out of hand and, and this and that. So let why don't we just hammer the first half in, in this one? And and that's just the type of angle that we look for in these in these types of situations. Not just looking at the whole game from the prison. We talk through everything, look at every angle, every stat, every I don't know, every everything. And I, I love it. I, it's made me a better gambler just talking through everything with those guys. And I hope it's made all of our listeners better gamblers. That's the hope. Win a little win a little money along the way. So that again called today in sports betting. Check that out. Josh is on Twitter at Josh Millman. And the gambling feed where everything gets culled and, and pulled together is at HoopBallGaming. We also have a little Caesar action on this, on this lovely Tuesday. So... Josh, I say this with the utmost affection. Caesar me. Caesar you. So All right. Well, maybe we should want, remind people what it with, is. Yeah, why don't yeah, we remind people what the hell is going remind on? Remind everyone. Okay, this is my one of my little features in what I call the fantasy face palm that you can find on hoop-ball.com. I post once every few weeks or so. It's a nice lengthy article. And one of the features that I do is called Rock paper scissors just like the childhood game because dan and i are children (laughs) well that's definitely true that's definitely true so my rocks are the people that i am absolutely bent on keeping paper guys i'm gonna hang on to but i'm feeling a little flimsy about and the scissors need no introduction they are gone I'm done. I'm tired of them, and you should be too. All right, so where do we want to start? Are we starting with the cut, the scissor? Are we starting with the paper? They're they're simple yet effective. Are we starting with the rock? I always start with rocks, but, you know, like, let's just keep the order. We'll do rocks. We'll go in normal order. All right, I'll allow it. You'll allow it. Okay, so I'll throw a couple names out there, and we'll discuss these guys. I feel like one of these guys I've been hammering all year, and at this point— I don't know how he isn't owned across the board. Daniel Tice. Yeah, come on. Oh, my God. You, did you you brought this one on just because you knew it was going to get me fired up? I knew it was going to get you fired up, number one. And number two, I, I'd just written about him on uh, the weekly daily dish that I do uh, for the great Mike Pasador, our, our buddy Panda. I would, like, I've been on Daniel Tice for, I feel like, the entire year. I, I He was one of my bold predictions on the year dur- during the preseason. One of my first early write-ups where I was like, keep an eye on this guy. You know, like, I know you don't think he's a name, but you know what? That He's going to get time on this team, and he's capable, and he has just exploded. He's been, a, he's been amazing. Like, he's been amazing. Like, he exploded recently, but the, the, the thing is, you look back, and he's been a top 100 player all season. Yeah, number 85. Yeah. Uh, over the last two months, he's sitting around 65. It's like he's he's been phenomenal. I, I, I don't know what anyone's waiting in In the CBS league that I do, it's a, it's a dynasty league. His ownership percentage was 40%. That's, I, that's, in, that's inexplicable to me. Yeah, I just, I don't, and, and, you know, this is when I get things that come in my way, my direction on Twitter, where it's just like, hey, should I be picking up this guy or dropping this guy? And it's like, if I ever see you put Tice in that conversation, then I know you're not listening to the podcast. And that just kills me because I, yeah. I repeatedly every Friday when I do the weekend review, I always put Tice in the list of guys 
just so that I can talk about him again and say, well, we've been talking about this guy for 11 weeks in a row. I and know. He's still Maybe, so out we'll, there. We'll add in a 12th now because I'll just <laughs> throw his name in as well because I'm like, I'm developing a man crush on the guy. Can we talk I, about, I, here's here's the comparison that I need to make right now. And this is this is one of the ones that just makes me want to makes me want to kill here on a podcast. Daniel Tice is 47% owned and only because his his ownership went up 5% in the last couple of days. He was actually at 42 Friday of last week. You know who's at 44? Eric oh Gordon. Eric Gordon. Oh my god. Oh my god. What are we doing people? What are we doing people? This is Yahoo now. Yeah. I just there's absolutely no reason why Eric Gordon should be owned at a clip even remotely close to Daniel Tice. Gordon is number 208. He never stays healthy. He's played 29 games the entire season. Daniel Tice has played 50. And he's inside the top 90 on the year and inside the top 70 for two months in a row. It's just, I, I, know, I know we don't have to harp on it anymore because we're, we're sort of preaching to a choir at this point. The podcast listeners basically all have Daniel Tice because yeah. Hootball, I think, was ahead of the curve on that one. But, I mean, if you happen we're, to be in a league, he's available. We're going to keep repeating it because, yeah. you know, like I, I understand anyone who might be stumbling upon the podcast or is trying to get that last second edge, maybe you're in a shallow league where you're like, okay, I don't need to pick him up because at, at 40% ownership, none of the other lunkheads in my league are doing it. Just pick him up. Don't hesitate. Don't take the chance that someone else will swoop in and listen to this. Just pick him up already. Yeah, and just it's consistently enough. rolling along at a 65 clip. That's crazy. It's, that's it's, a it's that's crazy. a sixth round pick. Yeah. That's a sixth been, rounder. Why would anybody he, even be debating this? No, he's been fantastic. He's All been right. absolutely fantastic. Well, let's argue about let's argue about something cuz maybe you and I this this one's like that was that was the easy one, right? That give was me, easy. Give yes. me give me a paper. I'll give you a paper. My man, my Brooklyn Net, Karis Levert. Oh, you and I might argue about this one. Okay. Are you in on this paper or are you out on this paper? Uh, well, they're paper because they're flimsy. And I'm not really <laughs> sure, my friend. Yeah, well, what I'm kind of... blowing this, in the wind here. I was going to say, is this like a thin... Is this like a transparency that you'd throw... Do people paper listen... Paper. Do any, does anybody thin. know what a transparency is anymore? Probably not. <laughs> yes, I know what a tree. Oh, no. yeah. Okay. Like the things you draw on with the flight. Oh, my God. I'm getting a headache just like thinking about my elementary school. Yeah, you, now. you're going to get an overhead you. projector. I feel like everybody just uses like a giant computer screen now. But anyway, we, is this the, the, the metaphor, the, the, the simile I was going for here? The, is this paper a uh, particularly uh, flimsy paper? Is this like a little sheet of papyrus? Or is this like a nice, thick poster board? It's probably, God, it's like, you know what? It's like a piece of resume paper. How about that? <laughs> so it's like somewhere, a glossy. Like a, like a little glossy, you know, maybe you could print a picture on it or something like, like 30 that. 30-pound like, density. Yeah, something, something but, all right. But don't leave it around for the kids. They might stick it in their mouths or something <laughs> like that. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> Karis Levert is going to have a ton of volume by default. And that's the best thing that I can say about him this year. <laughs> that is that is a very middle-of-the-road paper assessment of Karis Levert. You're right, though. I mean, his 
So listen, this is this is why there are different types of leagues. If you and I were doing a show on points leagues, he'd be a rock, would he not? Oh, yeah, absolutely. He would absolutely be a rock. No question. But in 9-cat, where turnovers are a mess, field goal mm-hmm. percent is a mess, free throw mm-hmm. percent is a mess, mm-hmm. he's averaging 16-4-4 four and four on the year, and he's outside the top 200. That's a hard feat to pull off. Yeah. I call that pulling a Randall. Oh, that's yeah. It's definitely a Randall. There, apparently, New York is filled with these people. <laughs> just coming just, out of the woodwork. I, I mean, know, Spen- they are Spencer. Spencer <laughs> Dinwiddie is New York not that basketball. far. Basketball, come get it, folks. Come get it. You're on the West Coast, Dan. Low, low efficiency, high popcorn action. Spencer Dinwiddie falls into that category too. Although at least he, yeah. you know, he'll pile up some assists on you. But same issues, turnovers in both percentages. I look at Karis Levert's numbers. And I hate saying this as a Nets fan. And all I see is Andrew Wiggins. There's, there is some of it. Ooh, that's ouch. You know what? I hadn't really thought about it. it, That's brutal. I I hate saying it, but that's what I feel like the trajectory is on. They, yeah, you know, their, their body types are similar. Their athleticism is similar. Yeah. Uh, oh my God! It's like, um, and, and I say that just left my mouth, and I just kind of threw up in it a little bit. That's really interesting. Just, I hadn't really thought yeah. about it from that perspective, but it's really not that far off from no. like the two career trajectories here. Decent steals numbers around yep. four. Well, Levert's been better on the assist department. Wiggins maybe a hair better in rebounding, but otherwise, yeah. I mean, you're talking about. Wiggins' career, 44% shooter, Levert, 43. Wiggins, 73 at the foul line, Levert, 71. Yep. Yeah, that is um, that is an unnerving discovery you just made on air. Yeah. So what yeah, do you do? So what I, do you do I, with that? I, I can't believe I just did that. I just cursed my own team. You I'm really sorry, did. That's fans. I am. Yeah. I am anti Karis Levert in nine cat. I think he's one of those guys that it's almost like a fool's gold type of thing. You feel like you're getting a lot, but you don't realize the damage that's being done. But that's why he's paper, sir. Yeah, I'm. I'm not even going to give him a full paper status. He's like a paper with a hole in the middle. At the same time, because again, you're at the point in the season where you have to take a full assessment of your team in a nine category league. Where are you good at? Where do you suck at? If you're, if you've got scoring and don't need some of the other popcorn, you don't want to take the hit in field goal percentage or free throw. Yeah. Get rid of them. But even scoring and end of the bench scoring doesn't grow on trees at this point of the season. True. So you can't overlook that kind of production. You can't overlook, you know, a couple three-pointers a game. The steals have been really good, so we can't discount that either. So, at best, he's a really good 3 and D guy with who can fill, up, fill it up. At worst, he's not really that, and he's going to crush you in four other categories. I don't think that I can... I don't think that I can pick him up. I, I, unless you're, like, really set in both percentages... In a roto, in a roto format, you could make an like, argument in head to head because he could just get hot for a week and then it's maybe not as big of a deal. Right, roto, that's a tough damn sell. And yet, uh, well, I haven't even you. asked I'm you for your you. scissor. I'm I haven't even you. asked you for your scissor yet. Oh boy. Uh oh. I don't know how you feel about this one, or maybe you know it already. I'm wince. I'm like I'm pre wincing over here because he's kind of like a Dan Bespris old man type guy at this point. It's going to be someone on Houston, isn't it? 
No, not oh. really. It's at, it's someone on Philadelphia. Oh, who the hell's left on that team? Yeah, it's Al Horford. That one that one hurts. I'm I've got him more in a paper category for me. I, I can't anymore. You're getting rid of him. I'm getting rid of him. Wow. How the mighty have fallen. Yeah. I, I, I what exactly in his profile right now is telling you to hold him? The lack of Ben Simmons. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, that's <laughs> that's fair. I know. I mean, I'm sort of being facetious with you here. I know, I know, I know. Because you're right, but, though. The, the games where he was coming off the bench here, especially post-All-Star break, he was particularly he was horrible. brutal. Brutal. And the minutes weren't even there, 19 and 24. Yeah. It's... I, I can't like at, look Simmons changes things. So yeah, the, what what was a firm Caesar <laughs> is probably more transparency paper at this point. But this is you know a guy who is a regular fifty plus percent shooter his entire career is forty three and change right now. There's not. There's nothing in his like the blocks are down, the steals are eh, fine, the free throw percentage is down. What what are you saving for? Like it just if you know he doesn't turn the ball over a lot, I I don't know what there is anymore. What are you hanging your hat on with him? Yeah, with the minutes that low and the percentage is not there, that puts a pretty big dent into the things that he does. I guess you. I mean you. We certainly have to wait and see on the Simmons front. The third, when he was at thirty minutes a game, at least he could sort of compile enough stuff without hurting you. But his role on this team has never really settled in. He never kind of no. And that's the case for I guess a lot of the guys on this Philly team. But what do they owe him? Another hundred forty million dollars on top of that? Like it's I, a lot. I, it's a lot for for not having figured out a role for this guy for the entire season. Like you, you know, you would think you'd get some return on investment there. And pretty much all he was able to do was hang on while Embiid was out. It's been a very weird season for Hor. I mean, he's so far underneath his career mark and field goal percent this year. It's it's laughable. Now, again, this this comes back to the argument we just had about Levert. I'm a head-to-head guy, so I can't deal with this. Roto, on the other hand, I'd say, you know what? You kind of ride this out a little bit. Right, because there there's enough across the board to make you say, well, he doesn't really kill you. Yes, but at the same time, like nothing that I am looking at on a head to head base, like if I'm playing him from in head to head leagues, and I'm trying to and I'm starting him, I'm getting crushed. I'm getting crushed. Yeah, because you need someone that's going to pop off for you every once. Right, in a while. exactly. And that's and not he's happening. Not doing it. No, yeah. and then in Roto, you can make the argument that he just sort of like slowly adds to the things that you do without exactly. subtracting very much. And there, there's a usefulness to that. That's why he still is ranked, you know, inside the top 60 by totals on the season, despite yeah. all of these quiet performances, because at least it's kind of like, all right, well, you know, there aren't any turnovers there, at least. You know, it's like, it's like PJ Tucker all over again. That's like, why I thought oh you were God. going to Houston when you said it. No, 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 no. no. I've, I've, I've abandoned ship. That ship has sailed. Yeah. yeah, even I've abandoned ship on everything yeah. going on over there. Although Eric Gordon is hurt again, so who knows what, what that... <laughs> <laughs> like that's a... 
Remember, remember when the league decided that that trade was better to move Eric Gordon I for know. Chris Paul and not oh whatever the Lakers? God. Don't get me started on that nonsense. Um, all right, fair enough. That was a good one, man. We actually had we actually saw not quite eye to eye on a couple of things, which I think makes for better radio. Yeah, that's true. But we do have a, uh, an equal man crush on Daniel Tice, which I, I appreciate. Oh, so I'm glad it's you, gross. I'm glad you validated that. You yeah. got a Laker fan over here talking about a Celtic like this. I know, like this. I know. Yeah, that, her- that's, that's that's big for you. I get it. Yeah. Well, you know what? I mean, and I think you and I even talked about this way back in like August. Uh, and I said, look, I am the biggest Laker fan you'll find here at Hoopball but I'm going to load up on Celtics this year because Kyrie mm-hmm. and Horford leaving and Marcus Morris leaving meant shots upon shots upon shots mm-hmm. for all those other guys. How good have the Celtics been fantasy-wise this they've been, year? They've been great. They've what been a great. Yeah, if you invested in those guys. Look, I took a risk on Jalen Brown in, in a couple leagues, and it's paid off. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart. Only Kemba Walker's bum knee has slowed down. It's, what's he's been. really he's been the one that's been like I was the one that was most bearish on Kemba Walker. I mean, he's been he was totally fine for the most part, but like this knee issue is like is giving me fits. But everyone else has been just fine. Yeah, it's been amazing. And Jason Tatum is just legit. He he's he's incredible. What a talent. He has taken the step he didn't take his sophomore year. Don't you just love yep. the post hype guys? They're the best. Oh yeah. They're oh, the yeah. best. Who's well, we'll get to this because you have a couple interesting pieces coming out at Hoop Ball over the next two weeks, do you not? I do. I do. There will be another face bomb coming, and this is one of my favorite things to write on the season. It is the candidacy for the fantasy jobber hall of fame. What does that mean? Okay, because you clearly are not a wrestling fan. No, not Daniel. at all. I know, no, what a, I know what a heel is. You know what a heel is. Well, this is not the bad guys. These are actually kind of good guys. But a jobber in wrestling parlance is the one guy who is there to take losses to make the stars look good. <laughs> but how does that but, even wait? I don't understand. How does, oh, because everything is scripted in wrestling. So they need the stars to be able to come in and just whack on so, somebody. Like I think of them as like practice squad guys. Oh, you know, okay. like guys who are buried at the end of the bench there, they, they scrimmage against these guys in practice. But then all of a sudden, sometimes in wrestling, these jobbers all of a sudden get their push and it can come from out of nowhere. And the biggest pushes sometimes that these jobbers get these practice squad guys, these complete afterthoughts, they happen most frequently during the fantasy playoffs. When teams have gone to tank mode, injuries have piled up, and under the cracks, there's someone who just comes up and finishes the season on some absurd top 50 run and can bring you to a title unexpectedly. So I don't, we don't, I don't want you to tip your hand because I want people to read the article, but do you have an example of this from a, a recent season? How about last year when we nailed Bruno Caboclo. Yeah, that was that was pretty wild. Bruno and what and he said he's gone back to doing nothing again this year. And he's gone back to do but that's exactly what the jobber's supposed to do. He comes in, comes out of nowhere, like shocks everyone, and then goes back to being a jobber again. Josh, you're the absolute I, best. Thank you, sir. You're the you're the weirdest guy I know, and I love it. I know. I, I but I love it. We mix it up here. We throw some wrestling jargon in. Why you, not? You Hoop taught me ballers. something. 
It's Caesar Day. <laughs> you taught me this something is what today. You get on Caesar Day. I appreciate. I appreciate you expanding my mind here on this <laughs> this Tuesday edition of Fantasy NBA Today. Hey, folks, go follow Josh on Twitter. Post haste again. It's at Josh Millman. M I L L M A N. And the podcast is today in sports betting. Betting, excuse me, not sports betting. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> it's at the New York. It's not. It's some anti-New York Mets pod. Yeah, sports betting like that. Sports betting with no. with with Dosh and Jan. Uh, uh, Josh, happy Scissor Day to you. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you having me on. This is great as always. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Our good buddy, the great Josh Millman on the podcast again too long between appearances but you guys know he's working hard working on earning you guys some cash with today in sports betting i wanted to mention by the way i hinted at it on yesterday's show and it's likely going to be a couple of things going on uh but i wanted to get at one most uh, a direct note here on things that we are indeed hiring for at hoopball so we actually do have a traditional position. I know I often talk about how we're looking for contributors here, folks that are kind of just sort of getting their foot in the door. I tweeted about it last night, and I will mention it here on the podcast today. We are looking for a morning editor. And when I say morning, it means like, you know, from the early morning until the middle of the day kind of thing. Editor that would function as something like a 2B or kind of like a second-slash-third-in-command of the written side at HoopBall. It's a legitimate spot. The pay is low, but it is in existence. And so you need to know what you're doing. You need to be well-versed in fantasy and in editing more than anything. And if you've got that, and we actually did look at this a few months ago, and the spot has reopened. So if you applied then... Feel free to bug me again at Dan Bespris on Twitter, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S, or email teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. You got to know what you're doing, man. This is not for the I just figured out how to do fantasy kind of thing. This is the I, the I am ready to be in command of some stuff. Again, it's it's not high paying. None of these writing gigs are across the board, but it is paying. And it has room for growth. So hit me up. This is, a, this is a big opportunity for those that deem themselves ready. You will be held to an exceedingly high standard here. Um, so bug me. We're also looking for voices for DFS here at HoopBall. Voices and written folks. Basically, the DFS operation has seen a little bit of attrition. And also, we're looking to expand. So it's kind of a double whammy here. That's not the right expression. It's a single whammy and then a double bonus. It averages out to plus bonus in any event. If you're into the DFS scape and you're listening to this podcast because you want to learn more about regular full season stuff, but you just happen to be massive into DFS too, hit me up. That is not a paying spot, I should mention. That is a contributor spot, but it's incredible growth potential on that side, as you've probably seen from our amazing DFS Today podcast. A lot of good reasons to bother me after listening to today's podcast. Let's take a look back at Monday and see what went down. Miami blew a big lead and lost to Cleveland in overtime. No Jimmy Butler, who once again was out uh, due to personal reasons. He's considered questionable for the next ballgame. 
Bam Adebayo was crazy good in this one. His six turnovers really the only blemish on an otherwise brilliant 41-minute performance. And really, at this point, you're, you're flexing a little bit. Jay Crowder ran into his efficiency issues that often cost him nine category value with two for five free throw shooting and five for 14 shooting from the field. His other stuff was fine, four three-pointers, but no defensive stats, and you just you know that the bad stuff is coming. And when Butler comes back, all of this stuff is going to level off anyway. So as I said yesterday, I'm still fully on board with the notion of not really dealing with Miami, with Jimmy Butler out. I'm not going to be picking up or dropping guys. There's a universe where this has opened up some opportunity once again for Derek Jones Jr. It seemed like he was fading and he's now pushed back into relevance, but his usage rate is also so obscenely low that I don't know if I can recommend anything on that front either. The bench mob for Cleveland got hot and carried them to this victory. They were significantly better with Andre Drummond and Jetty Osman off the floor. I'm going to blame most of that on Drummond. He was really bad. 13 points, 6 boards, a steal, a block, 5 for 14 shooting, 1 for 4 free throws. He looks listless. He wasn't defending. He was doing that crap he pulled in Detroit sometimes where he just backed off and went for the rebound, kind of old Tyson Chandler style. And you get this feeling like... He knows he's opting into his contract next year, and he's kind of not blowing himself out for a bad ball club, and it's a bad look. Meanwhile, Larry Nance came off the bench, played 32 minutes at 16-8. and eight. He was brilliant. Tristan Thompson at 15-9. and nine. Fantasy-wise, he wasn't that great, but from an actual reality, is he helping the team standpoint? It was a hard yes. Kevin Love looked good despite missing a lot of shots. He was engaged. Darius Garland played well. Colin Sexton didn't really. He got lumped into that bad first unit. But for Darius Garland, this is not a game that I'm going to say is the, the Kickstarter. And Kevin Porter was fantastic off the bench. He got real hot, even had some heat check shots that went in in this ballgame. And even the announcers are talking about how he might actually be the most talented player on the team. So there's, as we've talked about before, I don't know that there's enough consistency in his game to get him over the hump this year. He's going to probably be more heavily owned than he should be, especially when you looked at his previous two games where he had 27 total minutes between those two and did nothing. Got himself dropped in a host of places. But he's a guy that's, to me, falls into that keeper department. Could be really, really good next year, but isn't quite there yet this time around, even after this big ball game. What does this game mean for me? Well, Andre Drummond might actually be a buy low. Not that I have the stones to do it, as I've said before, with a lot of this stuff at this juncture of the season. But he ain't going to get any worse than this. I don't know that he's going to be as good as he was in Detroit, but he is going to be better than this. I'm not, most likely not picking up Kevin Porter after this one big ball game. As I've mentioned, I think he's more towards next year. Colin Sexton has come back to earth after a really hot stretch. Probably you can hold there. And then Larry Nance is definitely a hold. Definitely a hold. Milwaukee beat Washington in overtime. Bradley Beal had 55. He's on an unreal spurt right now. Shabazz Napier saw a massive bump in minutes. No Davis Bertans, no Thomas Bryant in this game. Troy Brown didn't get to play very much. Rui Hachimura played a ton. Mo Wagner fouled out in 29 minutes. Ish Smith played 26. Napier played 36. This is a very weird allotment of minutes they played extremely small for stretches 
And obviously, if Shabazz Napier is going to stroll into 30 minutes a game, he's a must-own guy. I just, we haven't seen this as even a remote possibility of late. In his time in Washington, he's been basically at 19 minutes or below, and then boom, 36 tonight? That's not going to hold. Ish Smith, I don't trust him. I'll tell you who I like, though. Wagner. Mo Wagner is really interesting in all this because Thomas Bryant's on a strict minutes cap. Jan Mahinmi just isn't very good. Davis Bertans now is out with a knee injury. Wagner's sliding into that only center remaining situation kind of quietly. If he's playing 28 minutes ever, he's a must-own guy. But, right, I mean, listen, when Bertans and Bryant are playing, everybody gets squeezed. Keep a close watch on this team for a potential stamping of the season. We're not there yet. We're also not that far away. So am I picking anybody up? Nope. Meanwhile, by the way, Giannis fouled out in 25 minutes of this ballgame. Dante DiVincenzo double-doubled. Robin Lopez filling in for Brooke Lopez. Always a good decision. Um, I don't know. I think Brooke will be back soon, so probably not dealing with that either. Philadelphia continues to play great at home and horrible on the road. Joel Embiid at a career-high 49. Tobias Harris, who was doubtful yesterday, played and had 25. Trey Young, 28-7-10. John Collins, 21-9. DeAndre Hunter was the guy among the, that trio that rose above the pack, 22-7. Kevin Herter had 9. Cam Reddish had 10, although he did miss a few minutes of this game with a tight hamstring. And Dwayne Dedman got the start and played only 14 minutes. They went relatively small, although he got himself into foul trouble, so you can put a little bit on that. Bruno Fernando playing 20 minutes was a lot of the Joel Embiid just clobbering people thing. So if you're streaming Dwayne Dedman, you can keep doing so. I hope he gets dropped in some leagues, because I'll pick him up. Clint Capella doesn't sound like he's all that close. And then you've got this whole Hunter, Herder, Reddish thing going on. Herder at 10 shots a game probably isn't enough. 9-5-4, and four, he got a steal and a block and a 3, which was nice, but you can't count on that. Well, the 3 you can, but the steal and the block. This one is really moving towards nobody is worth using. I know I keep saying that. At some point, I'm just going to have to say yes, cut the ties. You know, with Kevin Herter playing 38 minutes in this game, it's hard to say don't put him on your team. But he really hasn't been anywhere close to as good lately as he was when other guys were out. Which happens for a lot of guys. When opportunity recedes, so goes the production. Last month, he's now outside the top 100. Post-All-Star break, he's down near the edge of the top 200. It's just not really there anymore. It's just not really there anymore. He's in streamer territory. On the Philly side, we were watching to see what would happen with no Ben Simmons, who's likely going to miss a couple of weeks with this back injury. And it seems like the big winner is actually Al Horford who slid back into the starting lineup at power forward, moving Tobias Harris back down. Shake Milton got the start at point guard. But again, that's, you know, point guard in name only. Everybody's kind of moving the basketball. We thought maybe Alec Burks would do a little bit more. Frickin' Korkmaz had a nice game off the bench with 15 points on three threes. I think I'm probably just leaving that situation alone. I'll start Richardson, Horford, Tobias, Harris, and Joel Embiid and just leave it at that. Orlando came back and beat Brooklyn. Aaron Gordon had one of his patented I'm okay games. Terrence Ross got hot. Mo Bamba had five blocks in 14 minutes. James Ennis played 27 minutes. 
in a start at small forward in this game, which is kind of interesting. I don't know if that's going to become a thing, but it's probably not enough to actually be a thing thing. And T.J. Augustine played 14 minutes. Markel Fultz at 5-7, and seven, and his downward trajectory is certainly in play. For Brooklyn, I mean, you guys know my feeling on this team. I don't much care for it because even the guys that put up big numbers tend to do so rather inefficiently. Spencer Dinwiddie, by all accounts, had a good game with 24-8, and eight, but no defensive stats. I mean, this is still a good game. You're not going to turn this one down. It's just sort of Derek Rosian. Karis Levert had 19-5-8, but it took him 21 shots to get there. He missed a free throw and had four turnovers. There's always something with these guys that makes him a tough sell. We already talked about that with Josh a little bit earlier, so won't beat the dead horse. New York blown out in Houston. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr. is playing well here with no Alfred Payton, who I assume will be back soon, but who the hell knows. And then everything else is garbage because Mitchell Robinson is awesome and nobody else can do a thing. I will say... It is intriguing to see Mo Harkless starting. He's a 1-1-1 guy. Problem is that he basically got a 1-1-1 in this game. Seven points, one three, one rebound, one assist, one steal, two blocks. Keep a close watch on Mo Harkless. They could legitimately use him for 30 minutes a game. Apparently, he loves the Knicks. This is like the childhood dream, so he doesn't want to get bought out. He might play his little butt off the rest of the way. He could be a really interesting Roto-type guy. For Houston, this is a pretty easy win. Eric Gordon got hurt again. Not surprising. So, presume he'll miss a couple of ball games. Daniel House was better. That's good. Ben McLemore got hot. James Harden got hot. Flew in late in this one after the uh, Kobe Bryant tribute in the morning. No Russell Westbrook, but again, I mean, who cares? They were playing the Knicks. Dallas blew out Minnesota. This was a weird one. Nas Reed got into foul trouble early. Managed to stay out of it the rest of the way. Basically did nothing until the fourth quarter and then blocked a few shots. James Johnson got extra playing time in the first half because Reed was out with foul issues. Johnson played like, I think it was 12 or 13 minutes before the break and about 10 after. And if that's really what they're shooting for is about 10 per half for Johnson. I know he played well in this one and he certainly 19-5 and a couple of blocks is, is roster numbers. But the goal for him looks like more 20 to 21 minutes a game, and that would long-term not be enough for fantasy value. We're going to assume Carl Anthony Towns is going to miss two or three weeks at least at this point. So Nas Reed becomes a really nice plug-and-play option. If he makes more than two of his 10 shots, which you figure for a big guy he usually will, this would have been a really nice ball game for him. So Reed is the stream. I think you can punt on Johnson based on the fact that it looks like he's not going to get a ton of minutes, more like 20, and that's not enough. For Dallas, just a rotating cavalry at this point. Luka Doncic re-injured his ankle in this game. It sort of went somewhat underreported, uh, but apparently he left the arena with a, a bit of a limp. Sounds like he's going to try to play through it. I think Dallas wants to try to get themselves back out of that bottom pack in the Western playoff race. They'd fallen behind the Thunder. And then in the meantime, I mean, what are you going to do? Seth Curry's been hot lately. Tim Hardaway's been pretty hot lately. J.J. Barea played in this game. It's all a real mishmash. They all had fantasy value because the team put up a buck 39 on a horrible defensive team. But overall, it's tough to trust any of those guys. Phoenix blew out Utah on the road. Jazz continue to flounder lately. Ricky Rubio had a huge one, 22-6-11 with seven steals. This is going to boost his fantasy value quite a lot. And then the rest of the team didn't need to do that much. Ricky Rubio 
carrying the ship. For the Phoenix right now, it's basically the starters that are getting it done. Uh, Mikhail Bridges was quiet. He didn't have any defensive stats, but uh, otherwise, this one fairly predictable. For Utah, Mike Conley was in foul trouble in the first half, and then the second half, just nobody did anything besides Donovan Mitchell. And that was the story. Donovan had 38 on 19 shots, and his teammates didn't bother to play. And then the nightcap, Brandon Clark injured his hip four minutes into the damn ball game. Ain't that some you-know-what? Monday, you got four minutes out of this dude in a weekly league. By the way, this is why I don't play in weekly leagues. Because this really hurts even in dailies, but at least you can get him out of your lineup for the rest of the week. Brandon Clark was all set to step into this massive role with Jaron Jackson Jr. out, and instead hurt his hip four minutes into the dang ball game. Wasn't a highly competitive game, but who cares? He was going to put up numbers. Paul George and Patrick Beverly played largely without minutes restrictions, which was somewhat surprising. I mean, there were some, but it wasn't the type that you would have thought would have locked these guys down. So that's a big deal for the Clippers, getting those guys back, and that'll help them a ton over the rest of this week. It's going to put a dent into Kawhi Leonard a little bit, mostly because he's running at like the number one clip for about a month and a half. So might be more like top five, but for the Clippers, they need it badly. And it seems like this might even help a guy like Marcus Morris, who is suddenly going to stare down the barrel of a lot of open looks. Avica Zubats has played well lately too, for whatever that's worth, kind of quietly. Meanwhile, on the Memphis side, with no Jaron Jackson Jr., still no Justice Winslow post-trade, and now Brandon Clark out, they sort of had no choice but to roll Kyle Anderson out there for pretty heavy minutes and roll Gorgie Jang out there for relatively heavy minutes. I said on yesterday's podcast, if Gorgie was going to get near 24 minutes a game, I'm in. If it's less than that, I'm out. With no Brandon Clark, I almost don't see how Gorgie doesn't get near 24 minutes a game. This team literally doesn't have a power forward anymore. Even Brandon Clark was iffy at power forward. So now it's, what, Josh Jackson, who's going to play, but his fantasy game is god-awful. JV's going to play a lot of minutes at center, most likely. But someone's going to have to soak up power forward minutes when they're not going small with slow-mo or Josh Jackson over there, and it's going to be Gorgie. He's going to play JV's backup 20 minutes at center, most likely, and then if he gets even five at power forward, you're in business there. So I'm back in on the Gorgie Jang front. You know I'm always looking for a reason to pick him up, and this would be a pretty notable reason to do so. Stream away. I don't have any idea how long Brandon Clark is out, but you don't want to miss it. If Gorgie's going to play 25 or 27 minutes a game, you want to have it because you're talking about a top 50 week or whatever it is. This is a big deal at this point in the year. Tuesday, Chicago, or excuse me, Charlotte is at Indiana. You know how much I hate Charlotte's fantasy prospects. Indiana, I'm kind of watching Justin Holiday. It seems like with Jeremy Lamb, by the way, that was news, uh, tore his ACL, as it turned out. That knee thing where he shot free throws. Shout out to Kobe after the tribute. I mean, I know it's uh, different than the Achilles. Jeremy Lamb tore his ACL and then made two free throws before coming out of the ballgame, and he'll miss a year. So that sucks. And Indiana's going to have to pick up the pieces, and it's going to be a lot of Justin Holiday and some Aaron Holiday. I'm more inclined to enjoy Justin. I know there's been Twitter 
arguments over Aaron Holiday's usefulness. I don't think he actually fits in their offense that well. I watched a lot of Indiana Pacers games live, and Aaron Holiday has been, at times, a bit disjointed in the offense. I'd rather go Justin. I'd rather go Justin Holiday on that one. Milwaukee on the back-to-back in Toronto. We'll see if anybody is either resting or not resting on the Milwaukee side. Toronto, Marcus Gasol, Norman Powell have each been ruled out a day in advance, so you can just keep rolling what you were rolling with out there. Oklahoma City, they're a fairly straightforward fantasy team. Chicago lately has been somewhat straightforward, although we've seen Daniel Gafford pick up some playing time. Wendell Carter Jr. is questionable, so I'm not going to pick up Gafford. I mean, what are you going to get? One more game out of him, maybe, if that? Wendell Carter Jr. you can probably stash at this point. And then the rest of it is, you know, you're streaming guys until they run out of gas. I'm still not buying in on the Kobe White stuff, but maybe he proved me wrong tonight. We'll see. Detroit at Denver. Detroit just tanking away. I think you'll see enough Derrick Rose to probably be useful, although this is a hard game against a good Nuggets team, so this could potentially get ugly for the Pistons. If you have an opportunity to rest Pistons, this would be a pretty good day to do it. It's the lowest total on the board at 216. Oh, excuse me. Charlotte, Indiana is lower. Ugh, gross. I mean, Detroit will be lucky to get to 100 points, if I had to guess. Denver looks like they're settled back in with their starting five. New Orleans in L.A. to take on the Lakers. This should be a fun one. Zion under the big spotlight at Staples Center. What are they going to do? What are the Lakers going to do? Are they going to put Dwight Howard on him? Are they going to put AD on him? I don't think they want Anthony Davis just getting knocked around by that bowling ball. Sure, he can defend him, but it's going to hurt on the way there. I think you might put Anthony Davis on Derek Favors to start the game. Would you really start JaVale McGee? That's a bad idea. You got to get Dwight in there if you're on the L.A. side. Anyway, neither one of these teams, there's there's no real storylines right now. You, you get what you get. Boston, same deal. You get what you get. Hopefully Kemba's back soon. We'll see. Portland, you get what you get at this point. No Damian Lillard, most likely. So it's the other guys. And then Sacramento-Golden State is an interesting one because Sacramento, we've seen a lot of Kent Bazemore lately. That's been an interesting storyline. We've seen Nemanja Bialica continuing to survive. You've seen a little bit of Harry Giles lately. Something might emerge while we wait on Rashawn Holmes and or Marvin Bagley. And on the Warriors' side, it's just going to come down to who actually plays. Is Marquise Chris going to play? Draymond Green? Who's in? Who's actually healthy? You know I don't trust the other guys on that squad, and so I shall leave them alone. And as I promised on yesterday's show, I would read our most recent or a recent review here on Fantasy NBA Today. If you guys are writing funny stuff and dropping five stars on this thing, I'm going to read what you have to say. You know what? I will take this as as a lovely pl- compliment. Uh... Tan says, this is my second favorite fantasy basketball podcast. (laughs) That's great. Uh, Josh Lloyd is his first love, which is perfectly reasonable. Josh has a fantastic, fantastic show. Dan is a very close second with a beautiful voice. I'll take it. He has an amazing ability to use silence like no other man alive. Yeah, I don't talk that fast. I mean, I do talk pretty fast. It's to the point where it would make you feel uncomfortable, makes you question whether or not the podcast is still working, but he's still informative and entertaining nonetheless. 
I usually listen on my Android phone, so it took quite a bit of effort to find this on Apple Podcasts because the icon was different. However, I went out of my way because he deserves it. Gotta support the upcoming platform who doesn't have annoying ads. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Someday I hope to have annoying ads. That means we're really, truly successful. Thanks for the tip on the Schroeder pickup this year. Also, awesome playoff streaming advice. I've won four out of five the last five years. Awesome, man. Thank you. Yeah, so I'll note, by the way, and I've tried to do this before, where I've tried to wipe out all of the deep breaths I take on the podcast, but I can't do it. And I took one right there just to to really let that sink in. I am, and this is, I get it, this is a little bit of an excuse, but I'm going to make it. At my core, I'm a baseball play-by-play guy. That's how I learned how to broadcast. That's that's basically my training is doing, oh my good Lord, how many? I did eight full seasons of minor league baseball. So that's about 1,100 games plus playoffs. So that's a lot of baseball. And when you're doing baseball solo, which is basically what you do at the minor league level, they don't teams don't have the, the budget for two broadcasters, you learn to let the stadium noise act as your broadcasting partner. And growing up on Vince Scully here in Los Angeles, who many times talked about how he needed the crowd to be part of the broadcast, that's kind of seeped into my podcasting, which I get it. There's no crowd. I'm not going to play fake crowd noise anyway. But I need those, I need those little breathers. They help me work my way through thoughts, and if I'm rushing, it feels like I'm rushing you guys through the information. This should be kind of a song that you make your way through on these podcasts. So that's why I do that. It's not, I mean, it's sort of, sort of built in with me now. I've tried to ratchet things up. I think I've done a pretty good job of shortening the intros in my defense, but I don't think I'm ever going to be able to get rid of all of my pauses. So thank you for hunting it down. Really appreciate that. If any of you can do likewise, uh, Tom Nuts, I don't know if you're on Twitter, but maybe you could let me know how you were able to find that, even though you're an Android user, and I would love to spread that word so maybe other Android folks can can find a way to drop five stars on iTunes as well. Uh, you can do it on iTunes on the computer app. You can do it on your phone in the podcast app by searching for Fantasy NBA Today, clicking on the show name and scrolling down, and drop a five-star review, and I'll read it if it's funny. I'll read it right here on air on Fantasy NBA Today. Big thank you once again to Josh Millman for breaking the scissor day out here on this Tuesday edition. Tomorrow we'll talk to Brandon Marcus, my other good buddy. I got lots of good buddies. See, I have friends, Mom. I'm Dan Bespris, at Dan Bespris on Twitter. Hit me up again. That, that job opening and the contributor spots are critical right now. We want those filled fast. I will respond to you very quickly if I see it. <laughs> That's your note on that one. Have a great Tuesday, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning. So long. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.